Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not yet. <laughs> West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. There's a big echo. Who's echoing? Who hasn't got the headphones in? Oh, it's gone now. Whoever panicked. Thank you very much. Um... Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. I hope you can hear me lovely and clear because I hope you can because I spent a lot of money on this bloody cap on this bloody uh, microphone. So if it's not working, I shall be off. I hope you're well. Two wins to talk about this evening. Absolutely unbelievable. But before we go, before we before we crack on with the podcast, um, a few things uh, to say. Obviously, thank you for our sponsor, the West Corp Beer Company. Uh, link below in the description if you've got a nice big beard like Harry or a nice half beard like Dan. Um, you might want to treat yourself to something to make it um, even better. And also, uh, my auntie uh, actually owns she owns a garage over here. And um, she's got into doing some competitions. There's a link in the description below. Uh, I'm not being paid for it or anything like that. I'm just helping out because I'm a member of the family. She's running a competition at the moment. You can win yourself a 4K Apple TV box. Link is in the description below. Follow the link, follow the instructions, and enter. Judges, how are you, sir? 
<laughs> How you doing? All right. You only ain't got a sunbed, is she? Because it looks like you've been on one like that. I mean, what's going no, on? No, no. I think it's this. It's this light. I think. Is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, a sunbed light or something? You've been under. No, it no. I, I, I've, uh, <laughs> I've uh, taken. I took the toaster apart, so the toaster's on, and the, the light coming from the toaster. Oh, right, like, you know what I mean? I'm so a bit clever looking, like that. You're looking very well, mate. You're looking very sharp. I've seen some good photos of you in your younger days as a goalkeeper. New camera, isn't it? New yeah. camera, new microphone. Yeah, and uh, new camera, new microphone, new lights. Thanks to yeah. everyone who watches this channel because I've used nothing but donations to buy all this. So thank uh, you very much indeed, everyone who's watching. I'm just saying that, you know, um, McDonald's have got mega... Big Macs back now, like you know what I mean. So feel free. Feel free. Well, I think I've, I think I did, I, I did have a lot of messages actually from people saying, "Why did you turn the super chats off?" Everyone yeah. else had super chats. Why did you? So I switched them back on. Yeah. <laughs> right, right decision, like you know. Right decision. You lose, you lost your job as well. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to. Um... I would say that was dumber. And a dumber situation, really. But there we go. Like we won't well, there, well, there we go. Colvin Redbow, a new member. Look, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. I'm a member. A member. A member. A member. All right, we, member. All right we'll move on to the next person now. Isn't Have you been drinking again? No, I was just high on Arsenal winning a game. Right, and okay. not only a game, I thought we were absolutely fantastic. It was a great game to watch. Brilliant performance. And that's what I like to see about it. That's why I'm an Arsenal fan, to see games like that. It was absolutely brilliant from start to finish. And I've fallen in love with the Arsenal again after that performance. Excellent. Uh, after, after going through the mill, I would have to say that, on the Thursday, absolutely going through it. The, all the emotions of Thursday was to have a, to go to Leicester and have a comfortable win like that was fantastic. It was, I have to say. Harry, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, good. I've, I've recovered from like a bit of food poisoning over the weekend. I was... KO on Saturday, I almost, well, I tried to call in sick for my commentary job. That's how bad it got. Um, but What's cooking, up, Harry? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, to be fair to her. It was someone else's. I don't want to name them, shame them on the, on the podcast, but it wasn't the wife's. Oh, um, right. Oh, well, that's best. Best. They judges. Yeah. <coughs> that sounds wrong, doesn't it? That kind of obvious. <laughs> kind of obvious whose it was then, but yeah, I won't say anything either. <laughs> Dan, how are you, mate? Very, very well. Thank you, mate. I am very well. And like Judges says, how can you not be? After a good weekend, just makes the weekend go better, doesn't it, when you take three points. So, yeah, real good. Thanks, mate. Blimey, Harry. These two are happy tonight, no? Christ. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I know. And, and you know what's amazing as well? They haven't meant they've talked about what a wonderful win, but nobody mentioned the word rotation. No, rotation, no, yeah, no, 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 oh, yeah. no, oh, no, 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 and introducing a man, I'm sure, that needs no introduction, but he will get his introduction <laughs> because I've been trying to get this man on this podcast for about five years. Um, if I counted up every DM that I've sent him, um, I'd, I'd be a millionaire by now, but no. Chris Hudson has joined us finally this evening. Chris, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on here. Um, a, a guest I've wanted on for years and years and years. You can ask Lee that. Um, yeah. So thank you very, very much for, for agreeing to come on. It's an absolute yeah. honour to have you on here. No, I'm honoured, mate. This is the best podcast there is. So uh, I'm in quite salubrious company. Big Mac's, Big Mac's on the way to you, Chris, after that comment. Big Mac's on the way. Can I just say something? Can I just say something? Chris Hudson, right, by the way, is the reason that I, I got involved with AFTV, watched Arsenal Fan TV. The interview that he'd done, that first ever one. Brilliant. Absolutely one, brilliant. Was the one. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was 2013. 
was that really eight years ago but that was the one that started right, everything it was it was from the heart and uh yeah, i was. think every arsenal fan um what that watched that could relate to it and that was why i think aftv is what it is today whether that's a good thing or not chris chris it's all down to you, Chris. Yeah, I awakened an angry animal, I think. <laughs> Lee, let's start with you, mate. Um, seven minutes into the game, we go 1-0 down. I don't know about you, but I flopped back into my seat and went, I do not believe what I'm watching. Seven minutes, three defenders, three professional footballers who call themselves defenders all run to one man without the ball, leave the man with the ball, a free run into the box, and we're 1-0 down. Talk me through your immediate reaction. I, I tell you what, I, I went into the studio on uh, on Sunday because I obviously, as you all know, I did have a bit of a meltdown on the Thursday of the game. I just couldn't. There weren't nothing to do with people upset me. It's just I thought we was going out, and I said to myself, whatever happens today, I'm not going to have a, a meltdown or whatever. Like, but after that first seven minutes, I tell you, the defending in that. Uh, you could pick out so many players. First of all, uh, Granite Shacker, who I thought, oh, other than that mistake, was absolutely outstanding. <laughs> absolutely outstanding. He was brilliant. It was probably him at fault because what he should have done was just a professional footballer. You, you boxed in, you played down the line. It's as simple as that. That's what you do. He tried to play a little intricate five-yard ball to William who got pushed off the ball. And from then on, where's Tierney? I'd like to know where he was. He'd gone absent without leave. I don't know where he was. And then as the player, Tillemans, has run from virtually the halfway line to the six-yard box and has not been not been touched or got anywhere near, it's, it's, it's beyond me in a professional game of football. I can't believe it. Like, you know what I mean? It, all he done was run. And when he got into the six-yard area, he just smashed it in. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. El Nenny, who's supposed to be near covering the back forge, <laughs> I don't know what he was covering. He weren't covering himself in glory. That's what I can say, like, you know. And, and I, I, I thought, this is unbelievable, typical Arsenal. And, and nothing was done. I don't know if you noticed the goal. I think our third goal was when um, um, the run from Cedric takes away the players. That's what that's that's what good runs do and good defending does. And, uh, uh, you know, or, or that's what does good defenders. But there was just nothing, nothing in that goal that, that he done. He just ran from 40 yards. It was pathetic, pathetic defending. It's got to be sorted out. Um, and, and do you know what made it even worse? Was there was I think Shakarud made the mistake when he when he got to the six yard but I can laugh about it now because we won. He smashes it in. He looks around at all of his teammates. I'll oh, get us out of the oven, and he just went up like that. It was unreal. None of them even wanted to get him out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? It was bad, bad defending. I've got to say that, but um, we got the result in the end. Exactly, Chris. We went one nil down, and of course we're all thinking, "Oh God, doom and gloom." Here we go. This is going to be two, three, four. Well, I certainly was anyway. I mean, I was on a podcast in the morning um, before the game and I said that we, we didn't stand a chance. And then, of course, when we went 1-0 down after seven minutes, I was kind of saying to myself, yep, yeah, right again, mate. Uh, but great resilience shown by the team, Chris, to actually pick themselves up after going 1-0 down um, and to come out fighting like they did. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a bit like the Ben Feet again. It, like, when we went 1-0 down, we seemed to switch on. And then when we was 2-all against Benfica, we seemed to switch on. 
But you know, we shouldn't be getting we should be switched on from the very first minute of the game. We shouldn't need to go one nil down. Absolutely. And I've no I've noticed that this season. We're very careless. Every minute of every second in the game of football counts. I, I don't think some of our players realise that. I can think of loads of sloppy goals we've let in this season, especially in the early stages of a game. I tell you, I thought I was going to have another Aston Villa on me game. Yes. Firstly, I really yeah. thought this is Villa part two. But I thought I'd come back and in the end, I thought we deserve a win. We were Absolute. the better team, really. Absolutely. I thought we were the better team. Um, why, what, what, what's, what do you think is causing this lapse in the first 10 minutes, Chris, of every game? Like, you know, you know we've conceded so many goals early. Concentration. Yeah, yeah what's causing that? What's, just not switched on. They're not switched on. They're not concentrated. Perhaps they're not prepared properly. And then yeah. that's, uh, that might be down to the manager. But, you know, that's another. Well, perhaps, as I was saying off, off, off record to Lee, I think some of these players are psychologically damaged going back to the Wenger days. I right. just think we've always let in goals like that. Not mm. just this season. It's been going on for season after season after season. We're never we're never ready. Yeah. You're dead right. I think yeah. they need uh, to get as good sports analyst in. Yeah, yeah, well perhaps they should, yeah. Yeah. What's that one that um what's that one that, who was it? Terry Venables got one in, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. No, Glenn Oddle got one in for the England team, didn't he? What was her name? Oh, yeah, Eileen, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Harry, Ireland. let's talk brewery. Is that, is that it. who it was? Yeah. yeah. But they, need, sure. they need something. They do, yeah, they do. But is it, Harry, the team selection I thought was, when I first saw it, I was holding my hands in my head. I was like, oh, God. You know, you were hoping that we were going to go to Leicester and actually have a go, have a go at it. Um, should have been beaming with confidence after beating Benfica. And then you see the kind of Xhaka Elneny holding midfielders and you're thinking, where is the creation going to come from? Um, and then obviously, I had to eat loads of humble pie. Talk to me about Arteta's team selection and why he got it right. Yeah, it was a bold move, wasn't it? To to make so many changes after a really, really, I'm not going to say good performance against Benfica. It was a good win given the circumstances and the way we turned it around. But ultimately, Mikel Arteta has made no secret of the fact that Arsenal need to rotate this season. And he's not the only one. You know, if you look at Manchester City, who are flying high at the top of the Premier League. They've made, on average, five changes every single game. So this incredible run that they're on is built on the ability to rotate. So it's no coincidence that the side that are at the top of the division are the ones that are the most able to rotate without it impacting their performances. So Arsenal, one day, need to get to that point whereby they can rotate and it doesn't damage the team too much. And I think what you're seeing now is you're seeing in some areas of the pitch that we can get away with it and we're starting to look quite good at it. You know, like at centre-back, for example, David Luiz and Pablo Marie played. But it could have been David Luiz and Gabriel. It could have been Rob Holding and Pablo Marie. And I don't think anybody would have had any major complaints about it. In the midfield, we're a bit more limited because if Thomas Partey isn't there, then who partners Granit Xhaka? There's debate about that. I would probably put Ceballos ahead of Elneny, but neither of them are quite fit for purpose for me. But then the front guys are starting to show that they can be rotated as well now because Nicolas Pepe's found some form. Willian has found some form. And, you know, you've got Saka and Aubameyang still in the wing. So what we've done over the last <coughs> few months is p- people have played their way into form. And now we're in a position where 
And, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath and say that this is going to work every single week, but we're in a position now where we can rotate people, we can change people, and the drop-off shouldn't be as significant as it maybe once was, which is a big positive because the way things are at the minute, we're competing on two fronts now. We need to, if not qualify for the Champions League via the Premier League, we need to at least improve on our league position. That's a must. Um, and, and obviously the Europa League. So we're competing on two fronts. It's already a congested season. And I think that rotation is is massive. We talked about um, Leicester scoring the first goal. And like like everybody else, I feared the worst because you think Leicester are just going to sit back now, mm. hit you on the counter-attack. But credit to Arsenal, from the minute Leicester scored, we dominated the game f- completely. So they deserve a lot of praise, every single one of them. They absolutely do. I mean, in his press conference, Dan... Um, he said that uh, you know his players deserved a lot of credit for the way they reacted going one 0 down, and I think they do. And I think I think the most probably the most staunch person who who is not a fan of Arteta would actually have to take a step back um, on Sunday and actually just hold the hands up and say that he got it spot on, um, and the players seemed to respond. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I did, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is what I did. I'm not a fan of the manager, as everyone knows. But I think on Thursday night and on Sunday, he got it spot on. I think the team, so I was all right with the team. You know, a lot of people, I, I expected it to be that. You know, they've just come out on Thursday. Ain't going to be the same team on Thursday night. And I was all right with it. You know, he rotated. I was a bit frustrated. <laughs> judges. I was a bit frustrated with Chaka and El Nenny, as everyone is, but I expected it. I wasn't sitting there screaming at the team. The only person that I wanted to see that I was really, really open was Martinelli. But I've accepted that this manager doesn't rate him. So apart from that, I think it was pretty much pretty much what I expected. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Craig. Going down like that, I mean, when Chaka and Willian, I mean, I don't know what that pair of them were doing there. I've absolutely no idea what was going on there in both of their heads. There was just total confusion. And then after them two give the ball away, as Lee says, Tierney's nowhere to be seen, and Pablo Marie is wondering whether he should go or not. It was just an yeah. absolute shambles, weren't it, from all of them. Uh, Dan, and I you, totally Dan, agree with Chris, you know. Have you ever played foot FIFA when you select the wrong player and you think you're running <laughs> with one guy and you're running with the other? That's what Pablo Marie looked like, running you know away from That's actually a very good uh, comparison, that is, yeah. That is spot on. That is what it is. Well, yeah, you have a, um, do you yeah. know what? Massive, massive fan. And a, and a huge fan of, of, of David Luiz in that game, actually. I thought he was outstanding, um, as was Granite Xhaka after that mistake. I thought that, to be honest, listen, Willian and Pepe are the ones that have got to take the credit, aren't they? Because they've turned it on massively. And I just want to mention Pepe just for one second, because I look at this game and even earlier on in the season when we had Mate and Niles, I always thought he played better when Mate and Niles was behind him. And the reason I think it is now is because Bellerin, I'm not a fan of Bellerin, I'm not going to sleep him too much, but I just wanted to make this point. Cedric came in and they combined 35 times. In the last time that Pepe and Bellerin played, they combined seven they wow. clearly can't play together, right? So I looked at what Cedric was doing in comparison to Bellerin on Sunday, just to see. And Bellerin, whether you like him or not, I don't feel has the intelligence as a footballer. And he is a he's a ball carrier, Bellerin. Right, he goes forward with the ball and he drags players out to him. So you get two or three players, sometimes three players, that come out towards him. And then what he does is panics and passes it to Pepe, who's then got to get round three players. Right, so he then loses the ball and everyone goes Pepe again. What a rubbish, rubbish player he is. Well, actually, Berrin's just basically shafted him. What Cedric wasn't doing was the complete opposite of that. 
Okay, and he was at times carrying the ball, but he had the intelligence to know when to not release it to Pepe. And he's not giving the ball to Pepe panicking, saying, now take on them three, mate, which to be fair, Pepe probably could on Sunday. He was that good. But I actually thought that Cedric was really important um, yesterday and wasn't one that got a mention. Um, I've been quite impressed with this signing. A lot of people slated it and said that it was a shocking decision to get him. And at the time, I was one of them. I thought, what the hell have we paid? £5 million for this lad for? And we could have got him for free in the summer. But actually, it's starting to make sense as to why we got him and Pablo Marina, because they've both been useful. I agree with Harry in the fact that we had to rotate, and it is is, um, important for this game. And the reason that I disagreed with you guys a few weeks ago is because, obviously, we had our priorities different in the FA Cup. Our priority at the moment was obviously the Europa League and the guys deserve a rest, particularly Saka. I I thought everyone played well. Like Harry said, I thought everyone played well. Erdegaard, come on, and was superb, um, I thought, when when Smith-Rowe come down. Hopefully Smith-Rowe ain't out for a long time. But we have to give the players credit and also we have to give the manager credit because I I sit there and state the manager when we don't play well, so I'll give him credit when we do play well. So I was impressed, Craig. Fair play to you, mate. Lee, I just want to come back and we'll, we'll go through this with everyone. I've got the player ratings here from... They're not my they're not my player ratings, but they're, they're, they're from a web, website. And I just wanted to know how much you agreed with him. He's gone um, Leno 7, Cedric 7, Luis 8, Mary 6, Kieran Tierney 7, Elneny 7, Xhaka 8, um, Smith Row 6. Of course, he, he came off, so it doesn't really count. Uh, Pepe 8, Lacazette 7, and William only a 7. Would you agree with... I thought <clears> William <throat> was William was certainly man of the match for me. Him and Pepe were man of matches, yeah. for, as far as I'm concerned. It's very, very, <clears throat> very difficult to say which one. I'd probably just slightly go for Pepe because he scored, but Mari, Mari, Mari was... Well, he got you very harsh. Six, very harsh. No way, seven. Yeah. For the goal, you know, there's a, a Lee put in in the chat there, which I, and I agree with him. Like, you know, two great names. Um, so I, I, I'll go along with that, like, you know. So what he actually said was, uh, and it is right. When Vardy makes his run, if he goes towards uh, Tinnemans, then he just slips it into Vardy, like you know what I mean. So he had to stay. It wasn't really him. I was never really looking at him to blame. What should have happened was as soon as if David Louise and if you look back on it, David Louise does get across, and he could actually then say, then say to Mari go, but he, he obviously doesn't. There's no communication there. It should have been El Nini going out there. But anyway, I, I thought I, I thought Arsenal, and I've, I will say this in a lot. I and I don't mean to be critical of Gabriel because Gabriel's done fantastically well. But since he's come back from COVID, he's been shaky. There's no two ways about that. I think when Mari's come in there, he's looked like. Composed, comfortable, and the defence looks a lot, lot better. Now, <clears throat> I am honestly going to say this now. Watching the game against Leicester yesterday, with 20, 25 minutes to go, the game was over. We was comfortable, and that was through the defending of the team. Cedric makes fantastic runs. If you have a look at what he does, he makes runs on the outside, and that means then that um, for, for, for Pepe, he can, he can play it to, to Cedric if he wants. But what it does is he makes the defender run out, giving him that little bit of space, and he then can do what he wants to do. Bellerin plays as his inverted sort of uh, right back, whatever that means. Right? You know what I mean? I've only heard, I've only heard of <clears throat> inverted nipples before. Right? That's the only thing I've ever heard of. Right? You know what I mean? Like, now, now he's the right back. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I've never heard of it before. Like, you know, So all of a sudden, it, 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 if, if you be... if He's... Going into where Pepe wants to go, so you have to, you know, like, um, 
give him the space. So like, you know, come on, guys, you know, it wasn't, you know, I mean, get, get serious here. Like, you know, so, so that's what's happening. And that's what Cedric does. He gets out wide. He does all of that sort of stuff. And that gives Pepe the time to, 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 to move around like for the third goal. But I thought Mari was, was, was as good as anybody else in that back four yesterday. I'll be honest. Like, you know, and, and, and Willian, if it weren't for Willian, you know, he actually makes the penalty, by the way. With, uh, did you the burst of speed and the run from him? Like, mm-hmm. either their defender was very, very slow or like, you know what I mean? Uh, because he just burst through. Not only did he burst through, go past the player, he put in a lovely pass as well. That's what we want from Willian. You know what I mean? And I, I thought he was brilliant yesterday. From And maybe those 10 minutes cameo... Um, was 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 good, you know. And listen, I'm going to say this now. I, I had no problems with the team Craig uh, set up. Only that Martinelli didn't come into the team. I, I did think, you know, if you're going to leave Saka out, bring in Martinelli, see what he can do. But he's gone with Pepe and, and sorry, Pepe and uh, Willian, and you couldn't argue with that, you, you know. And listen, I think there's a lot of people out there um, um, at this moment in time that would, and are looking to um, criticise um, Arteta. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with him. When he brought on uh, Willian on Thursday, I was done with him. That was it. Like, when, if we would have gone out of that guy, there was no way back for me. You know what I mean? But it's, uh, whatever he's doing at the moment, he, he, he's getting it right. And you can't argue with that yesterday. Uh, yesterday, He got it absolutely right. He, he, he put his faith in those two wide players. And Lacazette, by the way, I thought was outstanding Lacazette yesterday. His hold-up play was was immense. Mm. You know, I'll tell you what, um, when he's playing up against Johnny Evans, Johnny Evans don't take no prisoners, you know, and he, he, he put his body on the line, physic went with him toe to toe, physicality wise. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. And, and those three up front were so lively yesterday that, um, that it was really good. And, and I'll tell you what, and when have you seen a defender do what, uh, Mari done to, uh, to, to Vardy. Vardy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Oh, I absolutely loved it. That is what we have not had defenders do. You know what I mean? Like, that, you know what I mean? Trying to take liberties, get down there. I loved it. Like, you know what I mean? The only <laughs> thing he did was stamp on him as he went over him. But anyway, that, oh, I let him off for that. Like, you know what I mean? But absolutely fantastic defending that was. And I'll tell you what, that gives him an eight out of 10 in my book straight away. For that <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, um, Lacazette, well, Lee, Lee touched on that, you know, the senior players against Leicester seem to, I don't know, they seem to buck up their ideas a little bit other than the first seven minutes. Um, but reading a, reading a, reading a little um, report there that Lacazette said that it's time for the senior players to step up. They've got to stop um, counting on the young players to, to, to carry them. Did you see a bit of a response? Because I think Mikhail Arteta said that, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago in one of his press conferences that he's looking for the senior players to step up. Yeah, Do you think the players be, have listened to that? Yeah, to be fair to Lacazette, like, since Christmas, he has stepped up. Yeah. You know, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'd rather have him away from home in some games than Aubameyang because he can hold the ball up and bring people into play. Yeah, but exactly, yeah. Another thing, great thing about Lacazette, I'm not too sure he's going to be there next season. No, I don't think so, he will be either, which is disappointing. I think he, he's obviously, obviously, he's, he's playing for the Arsenal, but I think he's also playing to get a new contract somewhere. But you know, that's fair enough, isn't it? Mm, can't blame him. Uh, and on Pepe, you know about a Pepe. I, I've been as Leeds. I tell you, I've not been his greatest fan, but I've got. I've, I've stopped judging him as a seventy-two million pound player because that's something. Yeah. It's not his fault he pays seventy-two. If you, he's what I think. Properly, we should have paid about thirty million for him. Right, yeah. so if you keep that in your head, 
Really, I, I think his, his performances are really improved. I mean, he's got eight goals this season, you know. Mm. Yeah. And another thing I noticed on Saturday, I think that might be down a bit of Arteta's coaching. Did you notice how well he was tracking back? It's Tell definitely you know, something I've noticed it. in his game. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You definitely. wouldn't have seen that six months ago. He was playing no. for the team. So yeah. if he's doing that and he's doing all his good work up front, you've got a hell of a player there. So perhaps he ain't a flop after all. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Just forget the 72 million. Just judge him on what you see. Very good point, Harry. Would you agree with that? I'm sure, Harry, I'm pretty sure you'd agree with that, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed it, mate. I think with Pepe, as you said, the price tag isn't isn't his fault. We know that something untoward went on there. It's why Raul Saleh is part of the reason Saleh was at the door um, because of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. And I think it's just maybe taken Nicolas Pepe and, and maybe even Willian a bit of time to get up to speed with what it is that um, that, Nick, that Mikel Arteta demands from his, from his wide forward players. Maybe that explains why Nicolas Pepe's burst onto the scene because he didn't really do that sort of dog work previously. And maybe something's clicked. Maybe the, the signing of Odegaard and the emergence of... Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and then Bukayo Saka being able to play out on the right-hand side. Maybe all of those things have given him a bit of a kick up the backside and he's now paid a bit more attention and understood a little bit better what it is that is required of him in that position. Absolutely. Yeah. Lee, uh, you're you right there, mate. What, what, yeah, what's yeah, all that about? Yeah. Yeah. That is all. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I thought you, thought you had something you wanted to say. Uh, Dan, um... Do you think? Do you think? Do you think, do you think Arteta's creating? Do you, do you think he's creating fights for positions in this squad now, with the way he's rotating players and stuff? Because like, I mean, you could argue that that team. You, you could argue that that team that played Leicester could start the next Europa League game. Do you know they played that well? What, you know what? What? What's he? Do you, would, would would that be the the thinking behind bringing in all these players and rotating them? I understand that he's got to rest players as well, but. Creating that fight for position because I don't think at Arsenal we've had that before. Um, you know, I've I've said it and said it and I'll say it again. There's been lots of players who played for Arsenal who got the easy ride because there was no one no one threatening them for their position. Do you think that's in the back of the coach as well or the manager's mind as well? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of players back now as well, Craig. So he's got the options there now. He's not playing kids anymore. Um, you know, the, the Joe Willocks have been allowed to go out on loan because players have come back. Obviously, Maitland-Niles is another one of those. They were both playing quite regularly when we were rotating, you know, early part of the season, you know. And we've now got players, Smith-Rowe, Erdegaard's come in. Um, you know, when Martinelli is kind of sixth choice to him, that must mean that we have a lot of options. Um, I still feel Martinelli should be given more chance, in my opinion. Um, but we've certainly got players that he can use now. Um, I say there's... There's probably five positions up for grabs at the Arsenal, if I'm honest, maybe even six. I think everybody could say that there's debatable with the centre-back pairing at the moment. I'm not so sure who our strongest centre-halves are. and Not a lot of people can pick two that they want to stay with. And it seems that Mikel Arteta can't do that either. It was Holden and Gabriel for a while. David Luiz come back into the mix. And Pablo Marie back from injury now has played very, very well. So again, you've got then four centre-backs he can then choose from. Um, I think that Cedric's put himself into contention there to probably give better in a run for his money. So I look at it and think centre half, a centre half, and maybe maybe even centre forward. I mean, he seems to keep chopping that around with Aubameyang and Lacazette. I think he's decided they both can't play together now. 
Um, Thomas Party and Shaka look to be the two of his favourites, but Smith Rose certainly um, going to give Odegaard a run for his money in the number ten. So I think really you look at Saka and Tierney, and everyone else could prob and, and Party, sorry, everyone else could probably give everyone a run for their money um, apart from the goalkeeper. So it's a very very good position for Arteta to be in now but he's got options because this is what we need we need to have competition for places um it would be nice for Arteta to know his best 11 but I don't think the 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 11 is good enough um to be trusted so I think that he is having to to chop and change it and last of all we do need to rotate as I said earlier because I would go all out for the Europa League all my eggs would be going in the basket of the Europa League and I know people still think we can get top four um I certainly think we're in the mix for top six but top four for me is is not an option so I think that we need to go for the Europa League and I think we're going to need to rotate to do that Craig Mm. I know we sit here and we, we, we discuss the manager every week and, you know, me and Harry kind of stick up for him and, and, and Dan and Lee will will pull, pull out the positive, uh, the negatives. But when people carry on, and I'm going to come to all of you on this one, but when people carry on and they say, I can't see where it's happening, I can't see where it's changing, I can't see things getting better. Um, I saw a really interesting graphic today, and I wish I'd have downloaded it now, um, that from the 1st of January... Now, look, I'm only using this as an example of how things have got better. It's, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. If the season started on January the 1st, we'd be fourth. So we can all, we can all agree, Lee, that he's had a poor first half of the season. But should we not be praising him for the way he's turned it around this half of the season? Not, not at the moment, no, because he's, you know, I mean, he's been messed up when it mattered, didn't it? You know, then, I mean, is that not a positive that he's he, 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 that he would be? You know, that if it was the first, your first, is that not a positive for him? What, what's no, the we, positive? we can all sit here and say we we can't see it, we can't see it, but there you can see it there. Well, there is massive improvements of this second half of the season. Uh, well, what's the positives? We're tenth in the league. Still, yeah, that's not, that's still, not what I'm saying, uh, is it? That's not what I'm saying. Still below Tottenham out of the FA Cup. Uh, no chance of um, Champions League. So, no, you know, I mean, he blew it in the first half of the season. He's got a lot of uh, rebuilding to do. And what he's doing, he's, from that point of view, he's he's doing doing well. But I'm not going to go overboard about it and start going, oh, this is the best thing. He's well, the I, best didn't, thing. I didn't ask you to. I just I just merely, merely asked you, is that not a fact to see that he's been doing better this half of the season? Well, yeah, if you want to look at it like that, but it's the same. Thank you for your answer. Chris, what about you? Would no, you say that? No, no, no. It's not one half, though, is it? It's no good playing. No, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't say that, did I? I no didn't say that. It's no good winning 1 0 and then losing 3 0 in I the second say... half and then saying, oh, but we had a positive first half. No, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Like I, didn't, that. I, didn't, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> if you listen to the question I asked, the fact is there that he's had a better second half of the season. Well, yeah, the facts say that he has, and, and, and rightly so, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, he's still not... I'm not one that's going to be going um, uh, singing singing from the trees about his praises at the moment, because at the end of, at the end of it, it's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club. Excellent. That's all. Thank yeah, you. brilliant. I'm not, I'm not singing from the trees either. I'm just using it as a fact. Well, I'm just using it. I'm just using it. It's a podcast, and what my job is to do is to bring topics to the table for us to talk about. Well, Chris, what would you what would you say about that, Chris? I'd think if I was judging Arteta 
I think I know Lee's moaning and he's, he's got every right to about where we are in the league, etc. But if we go back to the beginning of the season, remember the last season ended and we didn't have a pre-season and we went straight into this season. So, so I wonder if there was a bit of a burnout with our players in the first half of the season. And I think that's why the first half of the season, the results were pretty bad. Mm. But the argument, the, the argument to that is, Chris, is that everyone had to start the season True. again quick, you know, you know? Yeah, but our squad may not be as good as everyone's. Very true. But if, he was, if he was asking me for the second half, I'll say there's, there are signs of improvement, but there's still the same mistakes yeah. getting made. Yeah, yeah. And until we, until we erode them, I don't think you can... I think you've got to give him a bit of leeway because how many Arsenal managers are managing a pandemic? Yeah, true. You know, it, it, whatever, I don't care if Man City win every trophy this season, but there'll be a massive asterisk next to it. Because there's no fans, and fans do make a difference in the grand. Harry, we, would you? We will ne- never know. Well, we're never going to know. Yeah, not in these, not not for the last couple of seasons, anyway. But Harry, what would you say about that? That um, you know, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, that league table that was drawn up. Yeah, I, I've seen it, and I think you're right. It kind of, it obviously highlights that we've added. Who is it by? Uh, Dumber and Dumber. <laughs> Dumber and Dumber. Here we go again. Here we go again. Dirty grandpa. Let's get on with it. Um, <laughs> no, I think it. Look, it does highlight that. Obviously, over the last couple of months, the league form's been better than it was previously. But I, I kind of get what the guys are saying. You can't really give him loads of credit for it until he actually gets mm. us back to somewhere like where we need to be. So for that, I'm a little bit... And look, we we got to still be a little bit cautious. You know, we went and won at Leicester, but we could easily go and lose at Burnley at the weekend. That's been the problem this season, right? It's been consistency. And, you know, you you sit and you look at the team and we were just talking about the squad and that there's competition for places now in certain areas of the pitch. And I think that's what you got to be looking at right now to judge how Mikel Arteta is doing because Mikel Arteta, make no mistake about it, has come in to rebuild this squad. So the results are important. Of course, they're the most important thing. But when I talk about the progress under Mikel Arteta, I look a little bit, I look at different factors and one of the factors is increasing the competition in the squad. Um, it's the, There seems to be a better spirit, I think, um, among the group. There was something else I was going to point out that's just completely gone out of my head as well. Um, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Uh, the um, the nature of the goals we're conceding, right? They're, they're bloody frustrating because they're all of our own sort of making. Yeah. But you can look at that in two ways. You can either look at that and say, we've just, we're useless, we're all over the shop. Or you can look at it and try and put a positive spin on it and try and use it as a positive and say, well, aside from that, we're actually defending very, very well at the moment. And that is in our control. You know, we're not going out on the pitch and getting blown away by teams that are miles better than us. We're going out on the pitch and we're causing our own problems. Mm -hmm. So I think in a time like this where you're rebuilding, where you're trying to, build something for the future because as much as Arsenal fans don't want to accept it you know if we don't make the Champions League this season obviously we'll be disappointed but it ain't going to make a damn bit of difference as to whether Mikel has his job next season because he will so for me you've got to look at the wider picture and part of the wider picture is 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 developing and how we do that and I think looking at it and going yep yeah, all right they are mistakes but 
we know where we're going wrong. You, you can't yeah. fix something if you don't great know point. what it is, right? Mm, absolutely. I right, just want to say one thing on that, and, and it's a great point that Harry makes. When was the last time we went to a team in the top four and totally dominated away from home? And I think that was down to the defensive foundations of the team. Yeah. You know, we, and so when you look at it like that, and I, there has been a steady progress, even when we was poor, mm. that if we always say, right, defensively, we've been a lot better. So we are getting it right in that defensive area. And as Chris alluded to there, cut out the silly mistakes. Yeah. We're going to be uh, a lot better going going forward. Or score, score some more bloody goals. Um, I mean, is there, is there, Dan, I'll come to you. Is there, a, in the last 10 games, have we been played off the pitch by anyone? Or have we just been the masters of our own downfall? I wouldn't say we've been played off the pitch by anyone this season. It's been yeah. a bit of a crazy year, hasn't it? I think Harry's spot on, which is crazy for me to say, but I think he is. Um, and I think <laughs> that when you source, look at... I know, <laughs> oh, mate. Unbelievable, isn't it? Um, no, I do, I do think, listen, we are defensively better. The stats don't lie. We are. And I think the individual mistakes are frustrating. Why I fear with this manager is the players that are making the individual mistakes are the ones that I think he wants to keep in the team. That's my biggest concern. So I hope that isn't the case. Um because for every Bellerin mistake, we see Cedric passing it back. For every holding mistake, we see Granite Chaka making them. And all these players are playing most games. So that's what frustrates me. And I'd like to see change in the summer that we can get upgrades on these players. Um, but I feel what we've seen change, and I hope it's this, and I, and, I, and I pray that it is this, is some of the dead wood that's been removed was clearly causing some problems not just on the pitch, but in the training ground as well. Mm. And we see the Schalke situation at the moment with Staffy and Kalasinac, which is just hilarious. I mean, they've, what, they've been there a month and they're trying to get the manager sacked already, yeah, if you but... believe reports. <laughs> so you think, really, is that is that something that is happening already? I don't know. But it, something has changed within our dressing room. Uh, it seems to be a happier place. The spirit seems to have lifted. And I hope that the Urzels and Mustafis and Kalasinac is leaving. That little clique has disappeared and that has improved us on the pitch. That's what I'm hoping because I, I wanted them guys gone a long time ago. And now that we've seen them gone, it's definitely improved us on the pitch. So let's hope that that did have something to do with it and it weren't just bad, bad coaching. Absolutely. Just before we move on to some questions, I've got some uh, lots of questions in the chat. Just to remind you that our sponsor is the West Cork Beer Company. The link is in the description below. Um, go and support Colin. Uh, all made, handmade beard oils uh, by him at home uh, here in Ireland. And of course, if you're looking to, if you, if you want to enter, you can. You can win yourself an Apple 4K TV box. Link in the description. Follow the link for all the information. Um, if you do enter, good luck. Chris, this one comes in from Liam. Thank you for your kind donation, Liam. Uh, cheeseburgers all round. That is enough for one. That's enough yeah. for one each. And change. And change. Euro, yeah, Euro, well, five, isn't it? Five Euro saver menu. How much are they now? Oh, we've got 99 P. Oh, are they? Yeah. Well, you can have the change. Uh, I really want Cedric so to be the yeah. first starter over Bellerin. Uh, the team looks more dynamic and forward-thinking with him in the side. Would you agree with that, Chris? Totally. I think, I think Arsenal fans have been a bit... Um, disingenuous towards Cedric. He's, he's not a novice. No, he was a very good fullback for Southampton. He's played, I think he played about 200 games for him, Portuguese international. And I think whatever we paid for him was a bargain. I happen to love him. He's a proper defender. Uh, yes, I would. unfortunately, Hector, I, you're going to lose your place, mate. Well done, Chris. Well said, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, we'll bring, we'll, we'll bring you on I that one. Would you agree with that? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I listen, I'm 100%. I mean, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Hector Bellerin. I think that there's rumours or reports, whether you believe it or not, that he might leave in the summer, and I'd be happy with that if we could get some money for him and we could look to upgrade on it. I don't think Cedric's a, a, a definite 100% he's going to play and take us forward right back, but he can certainly come in there and do a better job than Bellerin. Whether he's the answer, I'm not so sure. Mark Partridge, 79p. Look at that. Not Unbelievable. Bad. Not even I'm a cheeseburger. Not even a cheeseburger. <laughs> Um, but certainly, I, I think that I'm with Chris. I, I think we look a lot better with Cedric in the side. And it took him a while. You know, he came come back from an injury and he weren't looking like he was going to be the answer to us. But I, listen, I don't hate Hector Bellerin. I, I, I don't. Uh, you know, eight years at the club really? and he's tried his best. But, yeah, but I don't think he's the answer. And he's made too many errors for me. And I don't feel like we are a better team with Hector Bellerin in the side. So I would 100% agree with Chris. I know Harry's going to Go, disagree. Going- <laughs> what what right back? What right back would you sign in the summer, if you could? Va? I would go for Lamptey from Brighton because I think he looks young, vibrant, and someone that I think could be potentially superb. So I'd go mm. for him. I'm I'm getting to the stage now where I'm, and I don't mean this horribly against Brighton, but I want them to get relegated so we can nick a couple of their players. Yeah, on absolutely, the you know, as well. Yeah, it's bad that I'm thinking like that because you know they play really good football and. You know, Danny Welbeck, I don't want to see him get relegated twice in two seasons. But there is that part of me thinking, well, if they do get relegated, we could, like, raid them a little bit. Mm. And that's a bit out of order. Sorry, Brighton fans, if anyone's listening. But What about you, Harry, on Cedric? I like Cedric. I think he's a really good fullback. And I think he deserves a lot of praise because he's come in the side and he's not just played at right back. He's played at left back as well. Inverted. yeah, inverted. And uh, like judges, nipples. And uh, don't underestimate... <laughs> That's what was going off in the chat. Um, don't underestimate how difficult it is for a fullback to switch sides. You know, we see wingers do it quite a bit. Uh, but when you're having to defend on your wrong foot, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish altogether. But I do think, no surprise that you, I'm going to say this, I do think that Hector Bellerin gets a lot of unwarranted stick. And... Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know if people hold him accountable for some of the failures in years gone by because he's an Arsene Wenger player. Um, I really don't know what it is. When when Hector Bellerin tucks inside as a fullback, that is an instruction. It's not something he does off of his own back. If you watch Manchester City, <laughs> I bet Guardiola's learnt his trade. Their fullbacks do that all the time. Cancelo basically is a centre midfielder when Manchester City have the ball. That's just the way they play. And I think it's a tactical thing. And I think that he feels that Bellerin is maybe more suited to play in that way. And Cedric maybe isn't. Or it maybe depends on the winger that's in front of them um, as to what the fullback's instructions are. But like people give him stick about that. I, I, I don't really get it. I don't really get why people give him stick about the way he dresses and the, you know the, the other things he's interested in outside of football because that's completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, for me, there's... There's a lot of unnecessary abuse that goes uh, towards Hector Bellerin. I think it's unfair. At the end of the day, let me just remind you guys that there's only one Arsenal fullback that PSG were were prepared to pay 25 million euros for in the summer, and it wasn't Cedric Suarez. Absolutely. Uh, Unique79, if you're still there, mate, could you put your question um, back into the chat box, please? Because uh, I've, I've, I've lost it and it's moved on. So if you could do that for me, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, this one comes in from Pramod, and he says, knowing Arteta is an experienced coach, would it be better for Arsenal not to qualify for the Europa League so he'd have all week to prepare for the challenge for the top four? Lee? Yeah, I've got to say, it's a good point, but I think we've Arsenal, 
and their financial because of the way that we are. We need to uh, to be in Europe. And I also think that club with Arsenal stature needs to be in Europe as well. I don't think it would be, for me, I don't think it, as a fan, it wouldn't bother me if we had a year out of the Europa League, if we didn't, if we didn't win it this season, I'll be honest. And it gives us a little bit more time to uh, um, prepare teams and all that. But because Chelsea done it and got success, it doesn't mean to say that we will, you know what I mean? So uh, I'd like to see us in, in, in Europe at some capacity. Obviously, I'd like it to be the Champions League. But, um, you know, Am I being deluded or, or, or not? Or am I being dumber and dumber? There's still a chance we could get into the Europa League through league position, you know. So, um, and it, we need to get on a good run. So, it's a difficult one that, I'm, you know, about Europe. I have to say, I can I can see two sides of the argument. And unfortunately, I've got splinters on my bum because I would sit on the fence about that one, really. Splinters, bum, inverted nipples, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me. Uh, Dan, I'll come to you on this one. This one comes in from Cheshire. Thanks very much, mate. Uh, fellas, we lost ground in the Premier League. Thanks, Harry. Fellas, we lost ground in the Premier League when we changed the formation and party who was key for that change wasn't available regularly, Dan. Would you agree with that? Well, party's been a, a huge miss this season. I mean, when we bought him, everyone was excited and I think he's played, what, you can't even count 10 games, I don't think, so far, can we? So I think that he's got a point about that. Um in terms of in terms of party, I think that changing formation has probably worked a bit. I think we got set on this free at the back for a while, didn't we? Because it was so so successful against Chelsea and Man City in the FA Cup, and obviously we we then continued to do that. I think Arteta has already always probably wanted to play four at the back and wanted to play either a four two three one or perhaps in the future a four three three, and I think that it is working better for us at the moment. I think the four at the back situation is definitely something that we seem settled with. And defensively, I think we've been able to do that because we certainly have improved. We're not getting spanked four or five nil now. You know what I mean? It is getting to the stage where if we are losing games, then it's frustrating to lose by the odd goal. And most of the time, that's a mistake like against Aston Villa or Wolves. But I think that he does deserve a lot of credit, the manager, for changing things up and sticking with it. But... I'm still not 100% convinced. Mm. And like you said earlier, Craig, we definitely have improved in terms of the uh, uh, resu- uh, the results being top four, whatever you said from, from this year. That's certainly the case, but we need to go on and run and show some form of consistency mm. before I'm going to start mm. being convinced. That's what I'm looking at now over these coming games towards the end of the season is just consistency. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I brought up the, I brought up the, uh, the point about the the fourth place post because I found it interesting. Doesn't mean that I I'm using it in any way to say oh keep Mikhail Arteta. You know, it was just a it was just an interesting graphic that I saw and I thought I'd bring it up um, to discuss. That's all. I mean, I don't you know truly believe I, I'm my I'm not um, using that as a as a some kind of trophy to say that, oh, yeah, look, leave him alone. We're fourth place after, you know, in the end of January. I know that we're not good enough. I know that being 10th is not good enough. I know that we're, you know, I know that the way we're playing hasn't been good enough. And I know that perhaps Mikhail Arteta hasn't hasn't been producing the results. Well, we know that he hasn't been producing the results good enough. But I just like to bring in a little bit of positive because we hear so much negative about him. Um, so just, just trying to weigh it up, that's all. Uh, Chris, this one comes in from Unique79. There was a £10 donation there. So thank you very much indeed, sir. Um, much appreciated. Just to rain on our positive parade, it's frustrating because when we because when we are on our game, we can beat anyone. We just need consistency. 
which we do not have at the moment up the Arsenal. Chris, massive, isn't it? The the consistency that's running through the team at the moment. At the moment, but we still, as you know, I don't want to sort of keep repeating myself, but we still are prone to making stupid mistakes. And we've yeah. got to get that out of our game. We can't keep on going behind. We can't keep on giving stupid goals. We can't keep on missing goals. I mean, mm. well, did you hear that fact? Out of 25 league matches, we'd failed to score in 10 of them. Yeah. That ain't good enough. So, it's not good know, enough. A lot, of, a lot of things have got to be ironed out, but I think given the time and a fair wind, I think Arteta could be the man to do it. I agree with you. But what's, what's he got to do? What you, We know when we say we're, we're making these mistakes, how does he stop it? Has he got to go into the transfer market? Does he stick with what he's got? And hope that the coaching in mid, the coaching in, in, in the summer gets into their head. He drills it into them. What's he got to do for you, Chris? Do you, do you think? Do you think the squad as it is is good enough to get in the top four? No, no, no. It's not good enough to get in the top four. But the trouble is, I'm glad you brought up the subject of money. I mean, our Arsenal's financial state is quite frightening. Yeah, because um, I think they're going to announce losses of last season, sixty million. I think this season's going to come in around about 144 million, and then you got to add 160 million on top of that, the government loan. Yep. So that's a lot of money. So unless Stan's going to dip into his own pocket, I think the only way we're going to improve the squad, we're going to have to sell to buy, or we're going to have to look in the youth system and promote some kids. But all that, all that takes time. You can't just do that at a click of the finger. So, you know what I mean? He, he's, he's, we're in a bit of a very tricky situation, you know. I think, well, I think I mean, people have got to realise that. Harry, I mean, Harry made a good point about a couple of weeks ago, you know, that it's not going to be a transfer window that we're going to be used to because, like like you rightfully say, there's there's losses there. Um, I think the only positive... The only positive thing I can I can find out of losing money is that Cronky might actually sit up and think, oh, I'm losing money here. I think I might sell up. <laughs> you know, so to, to sell us on uh, w- would be nice. This one comes in from Richard. Um, I'll start with you on this, Lee. Do you actually believe that Barcelona want Mikel Arteta as manager? Not no. at this moment in time, but I think that um, you know it depends on what he does at Arsenal. That they may well go down that route. Like you know, the only thing that that I think the only minus mark against Mikel Arteta at the moment is inexperience. I think that's what it is, you know what I mean? But like, you know, Pep went and managed Barcelona from no one else. So there is that. Listen, I think Mikel's got an unbelievable opportunity to 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 stamp his authority and become whoever he wants to if he, if he becomes successful at Arsenal. Now, to do that, I think he's got to um, make some difficult decisions and perhaps let, leave out a few of his favourites. One of them being Bellerin, you know, as we just spoke about. But I, 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 I reckon that Bellerin will be uh, playing in the next game at Burnley. I think he'll be running out with his tight shorts on. He's um, from the youth uh, section of uh, um, the armory, um, like you know, and uh, he, he'll be playing. But for me, I think that um, he, he's got an opportunity. He's got an opportunity that that no other manager's ever had at Arsenal. Or coach, you know what I mean. Everybody's had experience. Like, to get to get one of the top jobs without no experience is an unbelievable thing to to be given, Craig. Unbelievable. Mm. So 
we'll just have to see how but we does go. It, 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 I mean, we've spoken about that before. It, it doesn't surprise you that a, 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 sorry, a, a person like Mikhail Arteta has got the job at Arsenal, does it? No, no, no. because of the way that it's gone. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, listen, I think that, you know, even me and Dan, are like Dan's a little bit further down the line than uh, than me about about Mikel. But I think that we both agree that they're, they're, we, we, we first and foremost wanted to do well. And I think there are things that we see that that it could be he could be successful. I do feel that there is a there is there are things there that I can say. Well, yeah, I think he could be successful. But then uh, then you know the last two two. Uh, games, whatever way you look at it, he, he's done fantastically well. I know it wasn't great against Benfica, but I've been calling him out, saying, "Look, is he going to change things to um, when we're losing one 0 Is he going to change things to make it?" He done that. I never agreed with it, but he done it and it worked. So you have to give him credit for that. And as I will say, you know, we've gone to a top four team in, you know. I can't remember the last. Leicester are a good side, guys. No one care about what anybody says. They're a good side, and we've gone there as, uh, apart from a silly mistake and dominated a game of football. When was the last time we've done that? So you have to say, like you know, and you can't turn around and go when we win. Ah, oh, the players done really well. When we lose, it's it's. It's, it's the manager or it's keep blaming the players and all that. Somewhere along the line, you have to give the manager as, as, as much credit as the players. And whether you think that's flip-flopping or whatever you want to go, whatever you want to way you go it, it is re- results. And, and when, I, when I see things like that, I have to say, well, hold on a minute, I've got to hold my hands up. That was either ingenious um, managing or he was lucky. At this moment in time, you know, he's done that. What, one way I will think will say this about Mikel Arteta, I do think we go to these big away games now. We don't probably do ourselves justice or whatever, but we're not we're losing four or five nil. I'm not coming out of Anfield at half time three or four nil up. Chelsea three or four nil down. I'm sorry, three or four nil up. I'm dreaming three or Be four nice. nil down or whatever. We go to these away games and we're totally never in it. Uh, and whether you like it or not, on, on most away games this season, we've been in with it, you know, in with a chance. So there is some sort of... <laughs> and um, could he go to Barcelona? Well, you know, listen, what's that player? There's a player playing that was playing at uh, uh, Braithwaite or something. He's playing for Barcelona. So if, <laughs> if someone like him can get playing for him, you know, then Mikel can manage him. Simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Talking of Chris, I'll come back to you, mate. Buy to sell. You know, you were talking about buying to sell and 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 this, that, and the other. I'm not obviously. I'm not saying that we should we should sell this particular player that I, I'm going to mention. But I just want to. I'll, I'll come to everyone really. Who is the biggest asset that we've got at the moment? Um, I probably think it's Saka, isn't it? The biggest asset no, that we've got. You can't sell him. I'll burn the ground there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But. How much is he worth in today's market, Chris Duretton? Saka, with his yeah. age potential, 150 million. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. People, I've heard people saying 80. Uh, no. I don't. I'd go way over that. Uh, Dan, well, would you Pepe agree with that? Pepe was 70. <laughs> well, yeah, was, yeah, if Pepe was 72 million. Uh, I'm, with, Dan, I'm with Chris. Uh, 150 yeah. million because he's young, he's English, which always go for more money in this league. I'd say he's 150 million spot on. I mean, and, and even that I would actually consider because I think, I honestly believe, Craig, he's showing so much consistency at the moment. I think it'd be very hard to replace Bukayi Saka. I really do. So mm. I would go 150. Yeah, I would. 
Harry, what about you? How much is Saka worth? Mm, how much is he worth? If you were a manager, if you had, if you were manager of Manchester City and you had unlimited funds, what would your first offer be? Sixty-five. Okay, that would be my first offer. Yeah, and you've also got to remember we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you guys are talking about more money than Neymar's gone for, than Kylian Mbappe's gone for. Yeah, and as good as Saka is, and we love him because he's an Arsenal player. It's not worth 150 million. I don't think anyone bar Lionel Messi in his prime is worth 150 million. So I can't I can't go up to that figure. It's, it's too high for me. 65 mil. What about you, Lee? Well, if I, I will say this, even in the pandemic, Manchester United were prepared or were looking to pay 90 million for Jordan Sancho. Is it was Sancho, whatever his name Jordan is? Sancho, yeah. Jaden yeah. Sancho. Jay, Jaden Sancho. 100, isn't it? 100 million they're uh, going to pay. 100 million, for. like. Well, I can say this now. I can say this now that Saka's better than him. Yeah. So That was what I know, was going with. with. With a pandemic or not, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and, and realistically, 150 million, I, I know like that's a lot of money, but and, and, and I, I wouldn't sell him anyway. No, you know, no, I'm not, saying like, we, I'm, not, I'm not saying we know, should. I don't, I, I don't think he, you know... I think like 150 million, you know, when people turn around and say, oh, he's not worth 150 million. Yeah, he's not worth 150 million. That's what's going to have to get you to... to, to, to yeah, 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 exactly. You know my, I mean? yeah, exactly my way of thinking. Yeah, well, what, what I say he was worth is probably like, you know, uh, you know, you got... Harry's right, you've got to think about the pandemic. But this pandemic yeah. will, will be over next by that, this time next season. Fans will be coming back in. It's only, you know, a lot of people keep going on about Lots of money being lost and all that, like you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not as much as what they think. You know what I mean? Like it's all TV; they're getting all that TV money still. You know what I mean? Which was never yeah. there in the first place. Yeah. So you know, I think Arsenal earn three million a year, a three million a game on um, games. So if you work it out, they get twenty games. You know, it ain't these millions and millions of pounds that, that whether and everybody's losing that money not it's not just one team losing that money and it's that you know they're not earning the money that's the thing is there's between losing it and earning it they're not earning it and um but they're still getting their little cake little uh tv cake don't worry about that like you know so th- there's going to be money available um Obviously, more with the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City because they've got owners, and I think Everton. I think they're going to come through this probably a little bit better because their um, um, uh, owner, who was of course formerly of Arsenal, will will chuck in a few few bob as well. Like so, I think he's worth um, at this moment in time probably about eighty million. But Arsenal would never sell for eighty million. Guys. No, 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 of course not. I'm not. But again, I'm not suggesting that we should sell him. I just wanted to use him as a as an example yeah, of an asset. He's our best asset without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Um, I just want to bring this one in. This is my boy, actually. Bobby says hi to you all up the Arsenal. He's a massive. He sits down. Bobby. He actually, he actually Bobby. sits down and watches this. He sits down with his uh, bowl of Weetabix and uh, watches it. He likes Lee for some well, unknown reason. Um, you can you like? But I, well, you know, you should uh, you should give him a dinner at night. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he's had. Well, he's had his dinner. Um, he's just a, he's a growing boy. He's five, so he needs to eat. Uh, I hope Chris, he ain't got, um, got beans on him. That's all I'm saying. Right now. No, he hasn't got beans on him. Chris, um, next season, I've you know I've backed Mikhail Arteta all this season, and I'll back him till the end. But I did say a couple of weeks ago that if he gets backed in the summer and um, he uses transfer funds wisely and he brings in players that he wants to bring in, I said that he's under pressure from day one for me. 
Um, if we find ourselves languishing around seventh, eighth place, October, November of next year, I think it could be curtains for him, Chris, don't you? Possibly. I think he's, his aim next season, Bas Hampson, we must come in the top four. That's, that's the bottom line. And if he achieves that, then I'll give him another contract. Yeah. Right. But then that's where, that's where I am with him. But if we're, I think if we were languishing 12th, etc., mid-table, I think he could be under a lot of pressure. But then so, you've got to ask yourself, have Arsenal, have Arsenal got the... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't think Arsenal really want to get rid of him. I think that the present regime want to give him as much time as possible. I don't think there's no there's no idea to get rid of him. I think... No, I agree. They'd have to be in the bottom three for them to sack him, seriously. I think yeah. they're going to give him as much time as possible to make a go of this job. Although you think, although you think they're going to give him enough time... Do you think they're going to back him with cash? I know, I know you're quite concerned about how COVID well, will in, will impact the transfer window and how COVID nineteen will impact the club as a whole. But I mean, uh, you know, bottom line is, we've got, yeah, bottom line is, we've got an owner here who's a billionaire. So yeah, but he, he don't act like one when it comes to the Arsenal. Very true. Very true. You've got, you know what I mean? Basically, where anything we generate, say we sell Bellerin, Lacazette. We get some money in for Willock Nelson. I mean, there's Lucas Torreira, there's Gwendouzi. Yeah, there's Gwendouzi. Yeah. I think that they'll all go in the pot to bring in players. And we're going to have to be a little bit clever in the transfer market. You know, Dan, any, no, yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris, carry on. I don't think, you know, you know what the Arsenal are like. It doesn't matter if it's a pandemic or there isn't a pandemic. But when it comes to being in the transfer market, we are a little bit careful and a little bit tight. Oh, we just got to realise that, I think. No, yeah, I've, I, I totally agree with you. Or careful and tight and wasteful, <laughs> I would well, put. We have wasted a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, wasted a lot of money. Um, Dan, any chance at all that Arteta is backed from Cronky's pocket? I'm not talking about, like Chris Chris rightfully says, that it might take to sell the players. I mean, there's a list of players there we could get rid of to, to generate funds. But any chance at all that money comes straight from Stan Cronky's wallet? Well, it hasn't done since 2008, has it? Um, self-sustaining business model, I don't think so, Craig. But they could surprise us. Um, we were told to be excited only a couple of summers ago. We haven't been there yet, so let's see what they can do. I think this needed now. I think this is a team that needs some money to be spent on it. And we've spent. it needs to be spent wisely, Craig, because we have spent a lot of money. We have. Unfortunately, we've spent it on, look at what we've spent it on. Absolute nonsense over the last 10 years, in my opinion, you know. Um the most expensive front three in, in the Premier League we've got, um, but you wouldn't know it. Uh, we have very, 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 very bad buys in the the Chakas and Mustafis of this world. But I look at it and think that is an old regime. This is a new regime. And I will say that Arteta Redu's recruitment over the last three windows has been probably three of the best windows we've had in a long time because mm. Thomas Partey's come in the door and been good. Obviously, we like Gabriel, uh, Pablo Marie we've discussed, Cedric we've discussed, Martin Erdegaard looks like he's, he's, he's a good signing, Kieran Tierney, you know, I think it was, it was a great signing, even under Emery, which was yeah. still under the new regime. So that's a lot to be excited for. I don't think we need to spend a lot of money, Craig, either. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think Basuma would probably set us back £25 million or so, and that would improve our midfield and be an upgrade on Chaka. You know, Lamptey or Aaron's people are talking about in the chat would probably cost about the same. So, you know, we're not talking about £50 million, £80 million a player here. Um, it just needs to be spent wisely. Hmm. 
We need to be smart in a transfer window, Harry, this summer, don't we? If you know, if we're to improve next season. Yeah, we do. And and I think Mikel Arteta has been quite smart in the transfer window. You know, as Dan's already pointed out, and some of the other names are people like Pablo Marie, um, not a massive fee, you know, Cedric Suarez, um, Matt Ryan coming in on a loan deal, but he's going to be a free agent in the summer. So Arsenal can snack, snap him up as a backup goalkeeper for free. Um, the Martin Odegaard thing, really smart piece of business. You're talking about a top quality player that lots of clubs had their eyes on for years and years just hasn't really worked out where he was and they've picked him up. So they have been smart in the transfer market, but I do worry like Chris about what the summer's going to bring. Not because I'm expecting this incredible transfer window where we're going to go and spend hundreds of millions of pounds, but because when we don't do that, which we're inevitably not going to do because of the current situation, everybody's going to kick off again and that negativity is going to creep in again. And then the first sign of trouble at the start of next season, you know, if we lose a couple of games in our first five, six, then all of that's going to start again about the lack of investment, the lack of ambition, when actually we should be realistic and understand that it's not going to be like, I know what Lee said, the pandemic's not going to last forever. And I agree with that. But this summer window is only what, four or five months away? So it is going to have an impact on that. And we need to be prepared for that, I think. Absolutely. Lee, you know, next season, I know we shouldn't we shouldn't really be talking about next season now, but I mean, what is it that, what is it for you that the manager has got to do to make sure, you know, like Chris says, I think every Arsenal fan, including me, um, is top four. I would, I, I'm expecting top four, but if he gets backed, I can't expect him to get top four with this squad if he's not backed. So, if he's not, not backed, you know, if he's not backed, where do we go? You know, where do we go from there? But if he is backed, how long does he get? Does he well, get a full season for you? At the end of the day, when you you have to look at it now, like he's not the only team. Say if everybody gets backed, someone someone there's going to be four or five teams that are not going to be happy. You know what I mean? Like so. I, because he doesn't get into top four, then it doesn't mean I don't think that he should be probably looked at second. Like if we're where, if we are where we are this time next season, then I, then I, that he's got to go. But if we're chasing top four and, and we miss out like quite by a by a point or two points and all that, and, and there's improvement, I, I think that the Arsenal board will say that you know we're getting we're getting where we want to get. But um, for for me, there's still a long long way. For him to 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 do that, and he needs backing. But if he's going to be backed, I'm pretty sure that Liverpool are going to get a back in this season. Um, Tottenham will get backed. Everton will certainly get backed. And then you've got to look at uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea. They're sort of the three teams that you would say, because of their financial clout, should be guaranteed of top three. And then you've got Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester. You can't rule out and Everton chasing for that other spot. So you're not. Because your Arsenal football club are going to be guaranteed of getting it, but you've got we've got to be challenging for it. Got to be mm. challenging for it. Absolutely, right. Uh, I think we'll leave it there this evening. It's been uh, another great chat. Thanks to everyone in the thanks to everyone in the chat box uh, for coming along and listening to us. Nearly five hundred of you watched us live this evening. Uh, thanks to everyone who became a member this evening and um, gave a super chat. It is much much appreciated. Uh, Harry, thank you very much for your time, sir. 
No problem at all. Thank you for having me as always. Are you doing a podcast this evening? No, done one already today. No, done um, one already, going to yeah. bed. Dan, uh, we do have a um, team talk on Friday, we do. Yeah, seven o'clock on Friday. We've got shows all week, it seems, Craig. It's yeah, exciting, we've got shows all it? week. Yeah, me, it's me and, exciting. Me, me and Lee are going to have, uh, not me and Lee, me and Mark are going to have a bit of a bit of a laugh tomorrow. We're going to choose our all-time Premier League eleven. That Ooh, comes on, uh, that will start at half tough. seven. And it's not just Arsenal, so it makes it even harder. So that, that should very, be quite funny. Tough. That will be a good uh, one. But yeah, Friday at seven will be uh, Team Talk. And I'll just say as well to Harry, look, this is how you wear a baseball cap. Just look at Chris, right? That is how you wear a baseball yeah. cap, Harry. <laughs> well cool, isn't it? Like that? I mean, well cool. I can't win. If I wear it like this, I get told I shouldn't wear it like this. If I wear it back to front, I get told I shouldn't wear it back to front. I can't win. That's why we've got a bit of variety tonight. Chris would have said I'm copying him with a red cap if, yeah. uh, if I wore it that way. <laughs> Chris, uh, thank you very much for coming on this evening. It has been absolutely brilliant to have you on here um, and I can't wait to listen to it back. Thanks very much indeed, mate. Much appreciated. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Judges? No problems. Thanks very much for your time as always. Enjoy it. I know know you've got to shoot off. I've got to shoot off. We'll end it there. Um, Thanks very much uh, to everyone who watched again. Um, And of course, until we see you again, take care of each other. And up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.